Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live work and play. I hope you're doing well. You know, one of the things that I do is I look for inspiration every day. I've always done that. I've always looked for inspiration. I want it to impact me. I want it to impact how I think. I want it to impact how I treat other people. And I've always done that. Um, You can never get enough inspiration, by the way. And I'm honored, actually, now to have this opportunity on Coastview to share inspiration daily. You know, what I've learned is it doesn't really matter what happened yesterday. What really matters is what happens today and that we look to our tomorrows with determination and hope. And, um, you know, I just think that's such a, a positive message to send. You know. I talk about this a lot on Coastview, that on social media, too often I think we forget that we're talking to human beings. And sometimes I think if you had to look someone in the face, probably things that are said on social media probably wouldn't be said. Um, My friend Susan Griggs, uh, who's really such a positive person, she posted this recently, and I think it's a a really good uh, lesson to learn. It's 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 wisdom. She said this, the biggest communication problem is we do not listen to understand. We listen to reply. <laughs> I think too often we're thinking about what we're going to say next, that we don't really take the time to take a deep breath and really listen to what people are saying to you. If you would do that, just be conscious of that. I think you'll be surprised what you get from it and how it might change the reply that, you're, that you may have given. Um, here's another one that Susan posted. You can't keep getting mad at people for sucking the life out of you if you keep giving them the straw. <laughs> I think too often... We surround ourselves with people who may be somewhat negative, and we don't do enough to try to impact that. And, um, you know, we just should be aware of it. Susan Kane, another friend on Facebook, said, when you're a good person, you don't lose people. They lose you. I think it's really wonderful to think about that and, and to focus on being a good person. And lastly, from Mark Twain. Keep away from people who try to belittle, excuse me, say it again. Keep, keep away from people who try to belittle your ambitions. That's Mark Twain. You know, there really is so much inspiration around us. Um, there are so many people who are working to make this such a better place uh, to live, work, and play, specifically here in coastal Mississippi. As I've said so many times, we're so resilient and we're so lucky that we have so many people that are investing their time and energy on creating a better Mississippi. They found their purpose and they're making their impact. They've made their impact and they continue to make their impact. It's, it's incredible. We have I mean, literally thousands of people across coast of Mississippi who are working so hard to make a difference. In in the case of my two guests today, their journey to help form uh, transform coastal Mississippi began 30 years ago and has led to the evolution of one of the most important and profoundly important children museums in the country. The Lynn Meadows Discovery Center, according to the Coastal Mississippi Tourism website, is much more than a children's museum. It's a place where children and adults of every age can imagine, create, and have fun. Just off the beach in Gulfport sits this colorful old school building, whimsical and welcoming, awaiting children to come and play. It's the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center, Mississippi's original children museum, and so much more. I'm thrilled today to have as my guests, my friends, Rose Allman and Carol Lynn Meadows. We're going to talk about the history of this incredible museum. Good morning, Rose and Carol Lynn. Good morning. 
Morning. It's good to see you guys. Um, it's been 30 years. I mean, it's amazing. Rose, can you believe it's been 30 years? Uh, we were babies. <laughs> Great response. Caroline, it's amazing so much time has flown by, isn't it? It just is blink of an eye, really. And you, it's hard to remember what it was like 30 years ago uh, because that's such a long time ago. But in a way, it was yesterday. You know, it was yeah. yesterday because it flies by. Well, well, let me tell you what what this what you two personify is what it means to give back to the community. What it means I talk about the thousand points of light all the time that President Bush used to talk about, but you two are are two lights in that thousand points of light. And as I said to you before the show started, and I said Rose to your husband Farrell when I had him on the show recently, as you guys were developing this vision. And, the, and getting people involved in creating this wave of support for developing this museum, you were impossible to say no to. I mean, and, and I find that about people who are determined in the community, who really want to make a difference in the community. Once they have a vision for what they want to create, they are really hard to say no to. And, and you definitely were that. But let's, let's talk about this. Where the museum is today is in a really important place. Um, back in 2016, the National Museum of, of uh, excuse me, the, 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 the museum got the 2016 National Medal of Museum and Library Science from the Institute of Museum and Library Science Services, which is the nation's highest honor given to museum and libraries for service to, to, to the community. Uh, another thing that I want to say about where it is today, if you do a search on TripAdvisor, what you find when you go to Gulfport, the Marine, uh, the Institute for Marine Mammals uh, pops up as number one, and the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center pops up as number two. And the list is long, and there are some amazing places. If you do a search of the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center on Google, you can go page after page after page after page of things that have been written about the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center. And, uh, and often what you read is that it's more than a museum. Uh, on the Google review summary, these are ratings that people give out of 886 ratings. Uh, uh, the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center has a 4.8, which is really unheard of. That is a really, really high rating. Rarely will you say, see anyone saying anything negative about the museum. We're going to go back and kind of retrace your steps. But before we go there, I just want to ask you, Rose, what does the museum mean to you today? Um, when I when I look back and, and community involvement is the big thing, you know, we, we started with um, trying to be accountable and honor the money that had been raised through Junior Auxiliary and we got the community involved and, and to me the Discovery Center, I mean, of course, a fabulous place for children to come and, and explore and learn and um, but the community involvement to do this was just amazing. I mean, we were just the spearheading. But as you said, we would go places and people didn't say no. So, or if they did, we just turned, you know, went the other direction. But um, just to know the, the number of people that participated in making that happen and the number of children that go through it now and can enjoy, explore, learn, um, it's just amazing, but and as again, it's the involvement that people have had in it, and the people that run it now, and the people that volunteer, and it's just so outreaching that um, you know, it, 
it's a it's a fun place to go. We just went last week and walked through the building. So, so, so Rose, it's great to hear you say that. You, you, you never know what people are going to say. You never know what their experience is going to be. But I, I think you're right that the level of community involvement, the community's uh, you know, engagement around this museum over so many years is really one of the mo more profound stories that, that uh, you could talk about. Carolyn, what, what does, if you just look at sort of where you are today, what does the museum mean to you? Um, so many thoughts are running through my head. Let me see if I can get them in order. One of the things I, I would like to emphasize is exactly what Rose said. This would not be possible. It would not be standing there today had it not been that every person that we talked to helped us in some way. And many times we ask not for money. We just ask for ideas. We ask for help. We ask parents. We ask students. We ask teachers. What would you like to see? And so from all of that input and all of the tangible support that we got, this this creation is the, the result of what a community can do when it has a common goal, when it really wants to help its children, when it really wants to make a difference in the lives of people. All you have to do is to have a vision and some hard work and it can be accomplished. There is no doubt about that. There, And I, I would say, I say this a lot on the show, but I think one of the keys to success in your life and, where, and, and in the community, whether you have a, a, some, a, a, per, a sense of purpose in the community that you're focused on, is um, dogged determination. It's literally, it, it, I, I see, it's not that you guys wouldn't take no for an answer. It's just that your determination was so uh, incredibly impacting that people didn't want to say no to you. They wanted to, they wanted to be part of that. Think about that for a minute. I mean, because in the beginning, you had to, you had to paint a picture of something that didn't exist yet. You know, we, there wasn't a, 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 a children's museum in Mississippi. And what evolved became this incredibly special place that means different things to different people who go there. You know, it just, it's, it, it, it really hits on so many different um, uh, cylinders, particularly as it relates to interactivity and the way it engages kids and families and, and all of that. We're gonna come back to all that in just a second, but when we come back from the break, I want to, Rose, I want to talk a little bit more about your work with Farrell SF Almonds and developing that growing up in Laurel and how did that impact you and how did you bring those values to coastal Mississippi and, and we'll also talk to you, uh, Carolyn, about being born in Pascagoula and raised in Loosedale and your amazing family. We're, we're going to talk about all those things and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. 
His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a terrific conversation with Rose Allman and Carolyn Meadows. You know, when I think back in my career, I often talked about when we were involved in some change effort that we would create a center of excellence. In other words, there'd be a part of our company that would really be where we would we would strive to set an example of whatever change we were we were in, enduring to change and use it as the sort of the the best practice it would be it would be the thing we would point everybody to and say this is our center of excellence this is where we want to go as a company when i think about the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center i think about it being a center of excellence in coastal mississippi if you're trying to create something great in the community first of all you got to have you have to have incredible leaders you have to have people who envision something and who are willing to express that vision and stick to it over many, many years to create something special. And the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center, the story behind it, the work that Rose Allman did and Carolyn Meadows did with the help of a lot of people in the community uh, is a great center of excellence, something we can all learn from all across coastal Mississippi about how it should be done. So, Rose, let's, let's kind of go back a little bit. You, uh, you're from Laurel, Mississippi. Uh, that's actually a really special place, isn't it? Well, it, it was a great place to grow up. Um, just uh, my friends and I, we just felt like we had an idealistic childhood. Just a great place to grow up. Of course, now it's a great place to go visit with hometown show there. It is really just the tourists coming to Laurel are amazing. It's just it's crowded now. But um, so really, that has made a big impact. But um, no, I, I grew up, my mother was a homemaker. My dad was worked hard. He worked for a road construction company. And um, he was just a hard worker. And I learned a good work ethic from, from my parents um, just to get involved and, and work hard. So um, I went to Mississippi State. Beryl went to Ole Miss. So we met after college. So um, we were both working in Jackson in retail. And we met um, through his sister. And... Um, he was working at the Rogue and decided that we might need another men's store here on the coast. So we got married in 1981. We moved to the coast and opened our store in 1983. So we have been working together every day since 1983 when we opened our store. So originally started as a men's store and started adding ladies' clothing too. But I've always, I've been, I wanted to major in accounting, I didn't. But I've always enjoyed bookkeeping and keeping books, so um, I, I like doing a little more of the business side of it, uh, in addition to the lady side. But um, we just both kind of found our niche. If you're going to work together as a husband and wife, you kind of have to decide where your priorities are and where the others are and, and respect the, the job that each one does. So we are um, still married today. <laughs> Our store's been open 38 years now, so um, anyway, in between there, um, we have a son, Farrell, who's about to turn 35, who's married um, to Coral, and we have a granddaughter, Bridget, who's a little over a year and a half old. They live in Asheville, North Carolina. have a daughter, Olivia. She's um, about to turn 31. She lives in New Orleans. So, um, you know, they've grown up in retail. They've um, grown up with the Discovery Center. Because when I joined Junior Auxiliary, it was right after our son was born. And when I took over as president of Junior Auxiliary, it was my daughter was a year old. So 
I must say they both grew up building the Discovery Center. They, they were with us a lot. So, um, you know, the timing was good, and, and, and my family was very supportive, and we were able to spend a lot of time working on the children's museum in addition to raising children and working. So. Well, it's interesting when you look back over the history, um, SF Almonds was evolving at, at the same time. The museum was fun. The, the, the timelines for both of them are very similar. You know, I think you said 38 years and the museum's been around for 30 years. Um, it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's an, it, your life has literally been SF Almonds and Lynn Meadows Discovery Center. Exactly. <laughs> when you look back, do you see it that way? I really do. And, you know, and at the store to have such wonderful employees to kind of take over and handle the store when, when I'm gone. But, um, just junior auxiliary and volunteering was just kind of part of our life. So we, we just did it, you know, just kind of like we work. We, we go through the highs and lows and um, it was our mission to, to work on this children's museum. So we just, we did it and <laughs> combined work, children. Um, I, I asked my daughter several years ago when we were doing another interview, I said, you know, we spent a lot of time building this children's museum. Did you feel neglected at all? And she's like, no, I didn't. Is that, you know, they spend a lot of time um, helping fundraise and yeah. Yeah. exhibit. It, it's been a well, pleasure. Well, as I said, that you know, the, your and Farrell story of SF Almond, the way you kind of stood the test of time, right there in court on courthouse and Gulfport over all these years, through so many different challenges along the way, your ability to adapt and change and diversify your business and and still be alive and well today. It's a, it's a it's a really an impressive story. Um, let's, let's turn to you, Carolyn. You grew up in Loosedale. Um, yeah. That too was a special place to grow up in, wasn't it? It was. Uh, it was typical small town Mississippi. Uh, we all knew each other. We all kind of took care of each other. And we didn't get away with anything that everybody didn't know about. So we had a whole community watching out for us. It was, it was, it, it was really a good place to grow up. And um, it still is. Uh, it's still a, a thriving little town. And it's kept its little town charm. You went on to Ole Miss. You taught at Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College for nearly 25 years. And when you do a search of your name in Ole Miss, the accolades really stand out. People, I mean, they generally saw you as one of the most high-performing alumnus ever. I mean, your your work and your commitment to Ole Miss over all these years has really been substantial. So I, it's it must have a, a part of your soul or something. Is that the way you would describe it? Yeah, it is. It is just part of who I am. Uh, in fact, I got to Ole Miss almost by accident. My roommate and I from Loosedale had already enrolled at Millsaps, and we were headed to Millsaps come September. Mm, I think it was June. She said to me, what about going to Ole Miss? I said, okay. Never had been on the campus in my life. It was way away from Loosedale, Mississippi, in those days especially. And so in September, we ended up at Ole Miss. And the first six weeks, I cried my eyes out because I was so homesick. And I thought, if I ever leave here, I'm never coming back. So six weeks passed. I made it through that six weeks. And then I never wanted to go home again because I loved it. I fell in love with Ole Miss. And it just became such an important part of my life. One of the reasons is that I met my 
my husband there. I corralled him in a speech class there. And then, of course, our first child, Joey, whom you know, was born uh, while we were in law school. So it just really has a connection to my, my whole life. It's where I began. We still go back there all the time. We still do the football, the baseball, basketball, everything in between. So we have a little place there so we can spend some time there and some time here. So, yeah, it's a big part of my life. And it's your husband, this old Miss person can work with this Mississippi State person so well. Yeah. <laughs> well, your husband, Joe Meadows, has had his own contributions to Coastal Mississippi. Maybe one day I'll have him on and just tell his story because it would take another hour just to talk about his incredible contributions, wouldn't it? He's done a good job. Yes, he has. He's so, so tell me about your family. Uh, my family, Joe Jr., whom you know because we lived on the same street. And, you know, it's kind of interesting, Ricky, that I was friends with Beverly and Sam, and, and we lived right across the street from each other. And then Farrell brings Rose to Gulfport. And so then the first time that I ever meet her, we're going to a Mary Masters meeting many moons ago. And so we started that friendship a long time before we ever even started the Discovery Center. So it is, it's, it's amazing to watch how God puts people together at certain stages along your life and how it one day all comes together. And it's, it's such a tapestry that you see how things are woven together, how people are interacting, even when you think it's of no consequence. And it becomes a huge consequence down the road. Tell me, tell me about Lynn. Okay, Lynn uh, grew up just down the street from you. Uh, she was how how she was a happy child. You're absolutely right. She was happy. She always had a smile on her face. She was kind. I mean, a really kind person. I don't know. I'm sure she did sometimes, but I don't ever remember it as a major thing that she ever said anything bad about anybody. And she loved animals. And in fact, she wanted a little puppy so bad one time. We had everything from rabbits to uh, my, uh, what do you call those little ger gerbils? We had gerbils. Oh, we had every animal known to man. And she rode her bike over to the dog pound, we called it, picked out her own puppy, put him in the basket and brought him home, rode him back to 111 by a circle. She loved animals and she would have loved Lynn Meadows Discovery Center. She would have loved it for sure. Hey, listen, when we come back, we'll, we'll continue the conversation as it relates to Lynn, and then we'll shift gears and talk about, Rose, this vision for this incredible museum and how it evolved from just like seed of a thought. We'll be back after this, uh, after this break with Rose Allman and Carolyn Meadows. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. And now, it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Supertalk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Rose Allman, who rarely speaks... You know, to to media, <laughs> we had to we had to kind of push her to join me today. I'm so glad she did because she's got so much history in her about 
so much, but especially the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center. And then my friend Carolyn Meadows. Hey, when we went to break, we were talking about the namesake for the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center, Carolyn's daughter, who was killed in a tragic car accident in the, in the 1980s. And I, you know, it's funny how all the dots connect, uh, Carolyn, because again, I was raised across the street from Farrell. You guys were only a block down the street. And my memories of Lynn were everything that you mentioned. I remember her blonde hair and her smile and her. Her radiant ability to like light up a room. And I think you're right that she would have been and probably is as she looks down today, so proud to to see what you, what you were able to take in this tragic moment in your life to be able to turn it around and create a positive from it. And it's been inspiring to everybody. It's been very inspiring to me. It's part of the story of the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center. And I know it's what's driven you. But anything else you want to say about that before we shift gears? I would say this, that I, she was going to be a teacher. And someone asked me one time, how would she feel about the, the Lindmose Discovery Center? And I, my answer was that she would be over there with all of her students doing what exactly it was built to do for educating and not just um, a, um, for the kids themselves, but it's interactive for the parents and the grandparents and the caregivers. And my best example of that is I was at my beautician's shop one day and a lady came in whom I did not know, but she introduced herself to me and said, I just want to tell you how much we appreciate what you did with the Discovery Center. I said, oh, why is that? Her grandchildren, she had a, a grandson and a granddaughter, and she would get them as a special treat, of course, for grandparents, and they would always want to go to their secret place. And I said, well, what was that secret place? It's the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center. Well, he, the grandson, grew up, went to Ole Miss, got an engineering degree, and he, she had him write me her, his story about how he fell in love with engineering when she was taking him as a child to the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center up on that second floor in the room where you had all of the engineering concepts. And he wanted to be an engineer. He is now, he's employed in Houston, just a successful story. And that is repeated, Ricky, I can't tell you how many oh, people. Thousands, thousands of yes. times. Yes, <laughs> we have two girls who worked on Jar Jamming Jubilee that helped us build the climbing structure. Those two girls in junior high, went on to go to med school. They're both doctors right now. And one of them wrote in their paper as admissions qualifications, they wrote about the story of their involvement in the Lindos Discovery Center. And I, I am convinced to this day that they're in the med school because she wrote that story about Lindos Discovery Center. <laughs> Well, God bless you and your passion and, uh, and your family and uh, the namesake of, of the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center. Rose, when you, you were president of the Guppport Junior Auxiliary, and I, I, I think as the story goes, you had some money that was out there and you're trying to figure out what you could do to make the community better. Tell that story. Um, well, it goes back to Hurricane Camille when there was a team center in the harbor. Because I was not here then, but... Uh, it got blown away that there was insurance money that and June Auxiliary owned the building. So there was $30,000 in insurance money. $20,000 of it went to the family youth home to help build that. And then Junior Auxiliary kept $10,000. And so it just sat and grew. Every year, Junior Auxiliary would do a charity ball and any excess money over 
their budget for the year would go into that fund. And in 1991, when I was president of junior auxiliary, it was at about $50,000. And that was my fifth year in junior auxiliary. And kind of my whole time there, people kept saying, you know, we've got too much money. We need to be spending this money. If y'all have a vision to do something, let's, um, let's do something. So, um, and backing track just a little bit, in 1985 was the dedication of a building on Cowan Road, which was named the Lynn Meadows Center for the Arts. It was a building that Junior Auxiliary had leased and um, using it for exhibits and meeting rooms. Carolyn was instrumental in helping get that building going. And Carolyn had been um, a national officer, Junior Auxiliary, very involved locally. And so the, the chapter at that time decided to name the, that facility the Lynn Meadows Center for the Arts in honor of Lynn who had, who had been killed and, and for Carolyn who had done so much work over the years with Junior Auxiliary. So fast forward 1991, um, we decided to meet and see, well, let's spend this money or, or let's see what we're going to do about it. Let's not just talk about it. So we, we met 30 years ago, it was June 14th, 1991. So 30 years ago next, next week. Um, and there were about 13 of us there in the um, and just uh, started brainstorming. And most of the people there were junior auxiliary members or life members. And there was one gentleman there, Drew Allen. He was <laughs> a big supporter from day one. <laughs> so he was a good family friend. So anyway, that's how we began um, is, is in June and, and got a lot of input from people because we did not know um, what we were doing by any means. <laughs> didn't know how to start anything, but... Um, just started getting um, contacts, and Sam Cates was one of our very first contacts. He was with the Wirecrest Museum in Alabama, and he, he gave us our 12 steps to how to build a children's museum. Um, and kind of, we started there and, and went from there with um, getting contacts with architect and um, found a great architect, Stephen Bingler out of uh, New Orleans, who had done the New Orleans Museum of Modern Art. And um, Started there with with builders, exhibitors, and um, can go on and on. Where which direction? <laughs> hey, hey, so direct let me ask you, Carolyn. At what point did it hit you that now uh, you got all these people involved, but it seems that you and Rose were joined at the hips, and that this is actually going to happen? At what point did that occur to you that this we're going to do this? Um, I, I can tell you almost the, to the moment, but let me give you a little background on that. When we started, by the time we did our 12 steps, you know, there's a 12 steps to everything. And so we followed our 12 steps and we determined that we could do this for what, $750,000. Right. Okay. And we, we thought that was a, that was, we could handle that. We could get that. It was going to take a little bit, but we would get there. And so we even had Gordon Myrick. Uh, junior who would help us he agreed to build what we could pay for at the time he would stop no contractor would do that this day <laughs> so he would build what we could pay for and he would just get incrementally incrementally we would get it built well there came the day that we had talked to i had been on a mardi gras float um oh what do you call it judging contest in d'iberville and on the stage with me was Danny Geis. 
who was in the legislature at the time. Now, there's a, this is an important key to this story. And he asked, what's going on in my life? And I said, well, we're trying to build a children's museum and, you know, we just need money is all we need. We had not even thought about going to the state at that point, nor the Harrison County Supervisors at that point. But I mentioned it to him and we went on about our way. We judged the parade and left. And so fast forward a few weeks, he is in Jackson in the legislature. And he hears, he's reading the Clarion Ledger. I can just see him sitting back reading his Clarion Ledger. And he hears out of the out of the distance there, somebody has a motion to give the people from Jackson $2 million for a children's museum. Well, his ears literally perked up. He said, a children's museum? Well, wait a minute. We're trying to get one bill from the coast, and we want some money, too. So then he got the ball rolling, and then one day, Rose and I, we may have been in the meeting, I don't know, Billy Hughes calls and says, get up here today. The Senate, well, Ricky, I mean, um, Danny helped work it through the House. And so Billy called and said, it's in the, coming to the Senate floor. You need to get up here today. We got dressed, drove up there. We needed a highway patrol, really, to get us there. But we were <laughs> crazy to get there and spoke to the Senate committee. And we got $1.5 million out of the state of Mississippi for our museum, which we spent years before they ever did the Jackson one. We were good stewards of our money. So if you ask me when I knew it was going to be reality, that's the moment I knew it was going to be a reality. Wow. So let me ask you this. You both went back to the parking lot, got inside the car, and the doors shut. And now you're quiet in the quiet car together. What did you do? I don't remember. I think I thanked the good Lord. And I, I think I said, thank you, Lord. We're going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> what an incredible you know it's again you just never know you never know where these intersections in life are going to create roads that you never envisioned and that happenstance you know meeting with Danny Geis was a transformative moment I was just talking you know running my mouth trying to keep conversation going I had no idea that it would eventually leave. And then the other story about our this becoming a reality that I love to tell is that we told Joe, we had been to every city to ask for money and Gulfport came through, Biloxi came through, others did what they could. And so I, we then determined that we needed to go to the board of supervisors and Joe was the lawyer for the supervisors and we told him we were coming to ask for $250,000. Joe looked at me and said, you've got to be out of your mind. They are never going to give you $250,000. Hey, let's do that. Hold hold your thought right there. We'll, we'll pick it up right there when we come back from break. We're talking to Rose Allman and Carolyn Meadows, and we'll continue the conversation about the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center after this break. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have Rose Allman and Carolyn Meadows with us. We're talking about the 
uh, evolution of the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center. What happened 30 years ago? I mean, 30 years ago next week, uh, Rose just mentioned. But it's amazing these crossroads that happen along the way, how people sign on, and it just kind of takes care of itself. At some point, there's so much momentum, there's no turning back. And I would say the conversation we just had about the role Danny Geis played in the legislative support. You said you went from city to city. You went. You were going to the Harrison County Board of Supervisors and asking for over $200,000. You can pick it up from there. Well, my husband, Joe, a board attorney at the time, said, y'all have got to be out of your minds. They are never going to give you $250,000. Well, we went to the meeting and we walked out with $250,000. I never let him forget that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you didn't. I bet you didn't. Well, once the money was there, you know, building commenced to being built. But then you know, along the way, there were fundraisers and Emerald Lagasse Foundation got involved in all these key moments along the way. Rose, when you look back, what sticks out to you as some of these key moments? Um, probably one of the first, besides the big money we got, um, we went to Roy Anderson Jr. early on. And he, he gave us $25,000. He thought, if I just give him a check, will they get out of here? So that was a, that was a, a important amount, too, at the very beginning. Um, just key to me was almost everybody we asked, they just were willing to. And, and it's because of Junior Auxiliary's reputation for the job they do in the community. And, and um, also that we went from coastline to coastline to get support. Um, you know, from Ingalls to everywhere, every school board. Um, so I think just the generosity of the people and that they trusted us to, to do what we said we were going to do. Mm -hmm. And also, we never borrowed money. We said, we're going to build what we have money to build. So we wanted to earn everybody's trust. And, and you know, if, if they're going to give us the money, we want to be good stewards of their money. So... Um, I just think the involvement that people gave and trusted and jumped on board. Yeah, yeah. I think we borrowed a nickel. Yeah. Never hey, you know what's it? Carolyn, I remember when I was at the Sun Herald and it was the first big fundraiser that Emerald was involved in. And I looked at first of all, it was just such an amazing event. And then I looked at who was there. I mean, you had to have in the in that moment said, wow, you know, not only is this thing a, a reality, but the, the fact that we've got so many people involved that are passionate about this, it really bodes well for the future. Is that sort of what went through your mind? Tell me about that. Yeah, um, I think we met with enormous success because we took the time to explain what a children's museum would look like, what it would do, what it would mean for the community. And, and let's face it, we didn't have a children's museum in Mississippi, so most people had no clue what we were talking about. In fact, we had uh, not a really big clue, but we had some idea of what our vision was, and it turned out to be exactly what we thought it would be. But we'd never built one. We, The people had never, in most cases, had never even been to one. So it took that educational piece. We had to let the community come to understand and appreciate what this could mean to the education of their children and in the long run, the economic benefit to, of a children's museum to the Mississippi Gulf Coast and the industry that depends on educated workers. So we sold the story of what this could do. That was our first thing to do before we raised money. 
we actually sold the story on what this could mean. And by doing that to educate to educators through the school boards and teachers and workshops and focus groups, we sold that story. Then it was an easy sell to support it. And I will add that um, Emerald and Alden got involved. Um, Alden was friends with mm-hmm. They played yeah. tennis together. So that's one reason they came on board. And, and they helped with phase two, which was building the wings mm-hmm. addition. Right. So they did two years of BAM on the Beach of fundraising and tremendous help and, yeah. and got us uh, donations for our kit, our Viking kitchen in the, in the addition. In the, yeah. um, so they were. There's you know, so. There's so much we could talk about. Um, of course, we're, we're getting close to being out of time, but you think about Katrina, you know, this thing's been running for a while. You've had a series of good executive directors and, you know, I mean, continue, I mean, again, the stories, if you can go back as far as you want to go back in the stories, enlightening people all around the United States about the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center are fundamentally important. But then Katrina hits and all the damage after Katrina. And then this effort um, that, that culminated in September 2011 to get the SEAT money to be able to buy the land south so you could really extend the campus to what it, what we know of the, the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center campus today. So, you know, the Welcome Center and the Elliott Homes involvement on that, and so many people have contributed in so many amazing ways over all these years. It is an inspiring story. Final, final, we have less than a minute left. Rose, a final thought from you, please. Um, well, I would like to mention, when you mentioned Katrina, Betsy Brand, our director at the time, she really got the center back up and running less than a year after Katrina. So she was a fabulous director and really helped so much with, with everything. But um, we just appreciate the support and the continued involvement and love seeing the children there playing and running around. Betsy Grant was a force to be reckoned with. There's no doubt about it. <clears throat> Amazing museum layer. Carolyn, last thought, please. Last thoughts. Um, it, it is such a joy to my heart to go over there as we did last Thursday and just walk around and see the, the, the children running around. They're having the most fabulous time. They're allowed to be a child and their parents or their grandparents or their caregiver are being children with them. It makes them all one and appreciate each one of them. It is it is all you have to do to be rewarded for all of those 30 years is to go over there and see those children at play. It makes it all worth it. It's a great way to close the show. But listen, uh, Rose Allman and Carolyn Meadows, the community will forever be indebted to you two for your vision. I know that it took a community. Rose, you did a great job of sharing that. But at the end of the day, you guys were doggedly determined to make this happen. And as a result, here we are 30 years later and we have this award-winning institution. So God bless both of you and thank you so much for your service and for your great example. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. So uh, have a great day and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs> Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.